How can one random request change your entire life? Stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. What is up? What is up? What the hell is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to your weekly dose of trashy radio learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, well, that, my friend, is infinitely more important. You are are a driven entrepreneur, or one in the making. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, and just start leveling up with great marketing, personal, or business tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And man, do I have an awesome episode for you today. Man, Steve Phillips is going to be sharing so much about this amazing entrepreneurial journey he's been on through his life from struggling in school to becoming a mechanic, getting to work in NASCAR, becoming a trash man and a DJ and so much more. Plus, I'm going to let you in a little sneak peek on next week's interview episode guest who has made it to the top in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. <laughs> yeah, right? Now, as per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal business and marketing G-O-L-D spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. All right, Stephen, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur, brother. Hey, man, I'm glad to be here. I guarantee it's an honor to be on a big famous star show like this golly i feel like i've made it finally well i don't know about famous and star but i certainly appreciate the kind words and i have to tell you i was uh doing a little research in a couple of the stations you were on down there and i saw one was up there oh gosh was it hiawasa 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 Hiawasa. and then the other one the fm station isn't it down there just a little north of uh, columbus georgia uh, we he's actually got seven different stations that he owns. Oh my goodness! But I go out on two different ones. Sweet. Uh, Batten Communications is the the radio the guy that owns the place, and uh, I've been doing it nine years. I've been on the Morning Dish nine years on Lake ninety seven point seven and uh, ninety five point one. So it's been a it's been a journey, and I've not yeah. ever had any kind of radio training whatsoever. I just fell into the being the the uh, show host. Uh, actually, it all started. I'm a musician. Well, I say I'm a musician. I, I don't do too good. You know, a lot of people that uh, made a lot of money out of it. I've never done nothing but just lose money. So I guess <laughs> I am a true musician. But uh, we were actually promoting a uh, a show we were doing for a uh, lady, and she wanted me to go with her to help promote it because she was scared to get on the radio. And So I went in there. Well, we'd done the interview, and after it was over with, I got an email from the station owner and said, you know, the guy that's hosting the Morning Dish right now is wanting to uh, do something else. Would you be interested in taking over the show? And I said, man, I have never done radio in my life. I've never done radio. And he said, come try it. Just set in for a couple of weeks, see what you think. And that's been a little over nine years running and uh, two Gabby Awards for uh, Personality of the Year for the state of Georgia. Nice. So what what do you what is it that uh, that made him gravitate towards you? Is it just your personality? Maybe that awesome voice you got? I don't know. 
I don't know. I think I'm just cheap, man. I think that's the whole nine yards. Ain't <laughs> like, that the way it goes? I can get no, this guy know, for four fifty an hour. <laughs> yeah, I've always got along with everybody and never had any problem talking. And I think that's more of the reason he does it. And you know, a lot of people come on the show. They have, my show is a fun show. That's what it's all about. We laugh at everybody. We laugh at ourselves, and it's just a it's just a fun time. And uh, so I think that's what he likes more than anything. You know, after we got started, he, he you know, he come to me, he said, Stephen, I'd like for the show to be more serious and more news oriented. What do you think? And I said, well, if you want that, you're going to have to get somebody else because it ain't in me. I can't do that. Right. And right. so then during the conversation we were talking, he said, well, you know, I find myself listening to your show more than any other, you know, station shows that he's got. And uh, I said, well, that ought to tell you something right there. So it's uh we do uh, uh, Nielsen ratings for the radio and uh, actually for five years running I, my station and my show has been number one uh, for five years running in the area that it covers, which nice. is nice. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty proud of that. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But like I said, I've never done radio in my life. You know, I've, I've done about everything else, but I've never done radio in my life, you know? So g- give us a little, give us a little uh, synopsis of Stephen Phillips and what he did before, you know, uh, being fa- a failure as a musician and stumbling upon <laughs> this opportunity that you're in nowadays. Well, you know, I, I, I've come from a small town and uh, I failed the sixth grade. I guess that was my start. But even further than that, the first day I ever walked into kindergarten, I got a whipping back then, you know, it's the way you out. Yeah, they did. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, I went to kindergarten, my first day of kindergarten. And of course, back then you didn't have air conditioning like you do now. So they had the windows up and outside the windows were the pro- playground. And so the teacher said, okay, we're all going to go to the playground. Everybody line up. Well, I didn't have time for that. I just shot out the window, you know, and went to the playground. So, <laughs> well, that was the first day of kindergarten. I mean, I love her to death. She passed away not long ago. She always gave me a hard time about that. But uh, yeah, from that. But uh, yeah, I struggled in school and uh, I guess I, I don't know. I was dyslexic and nobody really understood that back when I was a kid, you know, when I was actually a senior in high school before they figured out, or my aunt actually the one figured out, man, you're the one, you're dyslexic. I think it helps me in the radio. And uh, from that, I went into, I was actually a part-time mechanic uh, as a kid because my daddy always had us working on old junk cars. And uh, so I mechanic there for a while and got young, got married young, which was good. I've been married 34 years, got three kids. Congratulations. uh, That's awesome. Yeah. And I had a, had a stench working with a uh, uh, trick racing engines for a while, which took me to a lot of the NASCAR tracks for the ARCA races. That was very interesting. That was pretty cool. And uh, so from that, uh, I got into, and I don't know if I should say this or not. People might hate me. But anyway, from that, I got into uh, repossessing cars. I repossessed cars for a while. <laughs> and uh, that was probably the funnest thing I've ever done because it's like a license to steal, you know. <laughs> There's probably sitting out. So there's someone out there right now going, I knew I recognized that voice. Uh, it is. <laughs> no, it's kind of neat, you know, and I didn't have some of the cars you had to pick up, you know, they, they give you a paper, which, you know, TV blows it out of the water. Yeah, it's nothing like course. that. I mean, it's nothing like that, but they had cars. They'd say, do not make contact with the owner, which means you had to steal it. So we'd always try to get it in a Walmart parking lot or something instead of the house and that kind of stuff. But the other ones, we'd always just knock on the door and the people would glad to give it to you. And you're like, man, please take this thing off my hands. I'm sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> take it, please. I'm tired of the phone calls. <laughs> yeah. And then from that, I got into uh, selling cars. I'd actually buy some of these repossessed cars that we'd repo and uh, fix them up and resell them, that kind of stuff, and end up in the car business. And uh, from that, I actually uh, kind of got slow. And uh, it's a hard business, man. Used cars is a hard business. And uh, so then I bought a sanitation company 
residential sanitation company, and I still own it today. I've owned it for like 19 years, and it's called Benny Sanitation. We run two different counties, and uh, I've got about four employees that run trucks and a couple of secretaries, so that's been good. So that that gives me the opportunity to uh, support my habit, which is music and the radio, I guess. And uh, but the radio takes most of my time. We, you know, my, my music is Stephen Phillips and Midnight Express, and I've got to meet a lot of cool people with that. I mean, I, you know, with the out on the road and opening for different acts, and and uh, we open for Lee Greenwood, which I don't know if you know Lee Greenwood or not, but I know everybody knows God Bless the USA. I yes. know you heard that. Yep. And uh, cool guy, he actually helped us unload our stuff off our truck. I'm like, man, what are you doing? You're like the star of the whole show and you're out here unloading our truck. He said, man, I don't do that stuff no more. He said, I'm just one of y'all. So he's a cool guy. Nice. And, uh, Edmund McCain, he was a cool dude. We've done some stuff with him. Paul Thorne is my favorite. I don't know if you're familiar with Paul Thorne. I always talk about him. He's from Tupelo, Mississippi, and uh, we're, we're good friends. But if you ever get a chance, if y'all listening to see Paul Thorne, you need to see Paul Thorne live. He is a, he's got some good music, and he is a great guy. And uh, nice. but anyway, but I got in the radio and I really didn't start any the interviews till about uh, a little over, I guess, uh, probably a year and a half ago. I started doing the interviews and uh, it uh, the first interview I had was with a guy by the name of Gary Chapman. He's a singer songwriter. He's a Christian artist. And everybody knows him by Amy Grant's ex-husband. He was married to Amy Grant, which is married to uh, Vince Gill now. Mm hmm. And so, uh, and him become friends and he's helped me out a lot with different interviews and stuff. But, uh, I told him one time, I said, man, you're the only guy I know that's got Vince Gill for a husband in law. <laughs> but, there, uh, there's a number of jokes that we could travel down on that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> Gary, he's okay with that. He's a cool guy. Gary's a cool guy. Right on. Yeah. But in the music, you know, I got tied in with, uh, with the Waymore Outlaws, which was, uh, I never got to meet Waylon Jennings, and he was kind of my music hero back in the day, you know. Oh, he's and, a badass. Uh, yeah, he is. I never got I never got to know him, but he passed away, and then they started the Waymore Outlaws, which is like a tribute thing to Waylon, mm -hmm. and they actually used Waylon's band. That's Jigger Bridges and uh, Richie Albright and Fred Newell. Richie just passed away not long ago, so I'm, I'm good friends with them, and uh, that's been good. That's opened up a lot of doors. And, Sweet. Uh, yeah, Lord, yeah, man, it's been great. They, they're some cool guys, and like I said, uh, Richie Albright was a drummer from probably in the mid sixties with, uh, Waylon Jennings and then, uh, Jigger come on, I think 79 or something like that. And, uh, then Barney Robertson and his wife, Carter Robertson, she was a backup singer for both, uh, Waylon and Jesse Coulter from 75 or 76. So they were there with the, the whole outlaw years, you know, with all the big stuff when Waylon was really on the top of his game. Yeah. Yeah. That's Dude. cool stuff. Yep. <laughs> That's crazy, and and that's that's quite a, a path you've traveled. I mean, mechanic and doing trick racing engines. I bet the NASCAR was kind of a cool scene to uh, to check out for a while. Do you know, back in the day, man, you, you know, of course, now everything has got security guards here and this, that, and other. We would actually yeah. work for the ARCA series, which was the one before NASCAR, but mm -hmm. the race was like the day before the NASCAR race. So we were all in the in the. Uh, the shops together we were all in the in the garages together and uh, so i got to hang out you know just like uh you know richard petty uh super guy and uh, my dad went down we went down to uh, speed week at daytona that's the big deal you know and we was trying to sell engines and we had a couple of cars in the race and uh my dad went with me and he told uh, richard petty he said you know my father thinks they ain't nothing like you richard petty you, you know he you're like his idol when it comes to racing and uh, the next day richard petty 
tracked my daddy down and brought him a hat signed to uh, to my papa and give to him. And I just thought that was cool that he remembered my daddy the next day and brought Dang. him that hat. And of course, I wish I had the hat today, but papa wore that thing out. You know, he was proud <laughs> of it. So, But, you know, back then, racing was racing. I don't keep up with NASCAR much anymore. I mean, yeah. you know, since the, you know, Tony Stewart and Dale Earnhardt and all them kind of went away and it changed right. all the rules. And Yeah, and I think a lot of the uh, corporate sponsorships that get in there and just kind of um, – infect it. Uh, I, I know uh, my early days in Coca-Cola, one of the first marketing campaigns I got to work on was the Coca-Cola NASCAR family, which I thought was really cool because right. we're talking the 90s, you know, so things were still kind of cool. Dale, the Earnhardt family was still, you know, top of the game. It was before his unfortunate accident, right. but, uh, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. You got to go to a few of the events and do some behind the scene things. And the guys are this they just like to drive, man. They, just, yeah. they like to do that. And uh, they just get paid for it, which was kind yeah. of cool. But you're right. I think over time, uh, it's just kind of changed. I know I didn't have a true appreciation from it uh, for right. it originally uh, until I met a friend of mine who was into racing and not just NASCAR racing, but race car driving. Right. And so we were watching some of the, the races and he was explaining to me some of the nuances of the driving that they were doing. And I'm like, okay, now that I know it, it makes a whole lot more sense. And it became a whole lot more interesting to watch them even on just the oval tracks. Well, the fun thing about it is, you know, like we're down there in the pits and like, the NASCAR guys, we got to stay for the NASCAR race and they'd have a wreck or a skin or something went on. And the, and the guy with the camera would come up and say, what happened? What happened? And he's like, Oh, I got a little loose in the third turn and it was went sideways. And you know, it was, it was a close call. And then the camera go off and he'd walk away and he'd say, that son of a gun spun me out. I'm going to whoop his on in, you know, you get to, <laughs> so it got pretty intense, you know, the right? yeah, it got pretty intense in the racing, you know, but ain't no, but, uh, of course, I'm a big Bill Elliott fan because he's from this area, you know. He mm -hmm. lived just over the hill. But, uh, yeah, it's a uh, – man, it's a uh, – back in the day, you know, it was racing. But now it seems like they've got money involved. Money runs everything. I'm sorry. It yeah, does. it does. Just be yeah. honest, right? Not, yeah. not, not to pull any punches. I get it. Yeah. So, so – so you you bought a sanitation company. What yes, what I kind did. of what kind of prompted that? Well, I had the car business and uh it was hard work and it was kind of slowing down and the car business anybody that's in the car business knows you think okay, I'm going to quit this and then you'll sell a car, you'll make a little bit of money, you think no, nah, I'm going to give it another whirl. So this uh local man here had a little sanitation service and he said uh, he come into me, he said, "Look, I think I'm going to sell this thing." And it wasn't about 6 or 700 customers. He said, "Are you interested?" And I said, well, I guess it'd be something to, you know, kind of fill the gaps. And so when I bought it, uh, it just exploded because I, I can't say no. Somebody call up wanting service. I'd, you know, I'd give them service. So it's mm -hmm. grown into two counties and four drivers. And uh, it's been really good. I actually had the uh, commercial end of it where the dumpsters like at the, the you know, at the stores and stuff. Mm -hmm. I growed into that. And I guess the good Lord just watches out for for fools and idiots, but, uh, right before the, we were, there was a big company come in and bought another, uh, garbage service here. That was pretty big with the uh, commercial dumpsters and, uh, they were hitting me pretty hard. And right before that big crunch back when, you know, when everybody lost everything, right. Uh, they said, you know, look, we're going to buy you out. And I said, you ain't going to buy me out. And they showed me the check that they were wanting to give me. And I said, well, 
Yeah, maybe you will. Buy maybe me you. Out. Yeah, <laughs> maybe but you could. Buy this me is out. working out pretty good. Come on in. We're going to have supper. Sit down and eat with us. This <laughs> That's right. Let's break some bread. Let's have a beer. Whatever. Yeah. But anyway, that worked out good because that hit right in the crunch. So that kind of held me over, you know, when everybody was losing everything, and I didn't have anything to begin with, but I got to keep what I did have. You know how that goes. Right. So that worked out pretty good for us. But uh, yeah, I've been doing that. Oh, and not ten years, and it's uh, it's been good to me. It really has. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, there's sometimes it's those simple services, you know, those everyone's like, okay, what can I do to earn money? And no one says, I'm going to start a garbage service. Right. But it's something everybody needs, right? Yep. You Absolutely. put your shit in the can, you put your can outside, and somebody picks it up and you get to forget about it. Well, it's something that everybody needs, and it's something that is always going to be there. And, uh, you know, I can take trash the garbage off cheaper than you can. I mean, time you load up your stuff, drive all the way to the dump and empty it out or wherever you have to go. Right. You know, I come right to your house for about five or six bucks a week and pick up your trash. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. I'm telling and, you. Uh, yeah, it's been really good. If you don't mind being a garbage man, the trashiest guy in town, that's what I tell everybody. You're calling the trashiest guy in town. We got us. We got us. We're actually satisfaction guaranteed. I got a, uh, our motto is satisfaction guaranteed or double your garbage back. So, <laughs> you'll bring him two loads back yeah right? <laughs> we'll bring it back to you there's a couple of them i'd like to take back too man <laughs> oh i no, love that funny. we got a lot of we got a lot of funny. retirees here you know and they keep their time by our garbage trucks and if they're supposed to be there at 12 o'clock and it's 1201 they're calling the office hey they ain't picked up my trash yet yeah <laughs> And they they probably know them by the first name too. Right? Hey, oh, John, yeah. where's John at? He should have been here 15 minutes ago. I, I'm telling you, man. I told my the guys that drive from they're good guys. The guy that drives for me are really good guys. But they've gained about 50 pounds since they work for me because all these people give them cookies and they leave right. stuff out for them and Coca Colas. You know, they take care of them and they come in there and I, you know, I'm like, y'all gonna have to quit. Y'all can't even get in and out of the truck the way it is. You know. I think that's a Southern thing because I remember um, when I lived down in the Atlanta area, I lived up there mm -hmm. by Woodstock, just about 30 miles North of Atlanta. I and there was, yeah, there was a period of time and okay, I'm going to jump back there. I moved out to Woodstock when there was probably about 2,500 people that lived there. Right. right. So back in the, you know, uh, early nineties and then it just blew up. Right. They put the mall in. Everything just started going crazy. And it got to a point where it's like I was ready to, to buy a house and I wanted to save up the money for the down payment. Mm -hmm. And rather than just like, you know, put a little bit, a little bit, a little bit and make it wait two years or whatever it was going to take. I took a job throwing papers for the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Right. You know, you get up at 2.30 in the morning, you go down to the little place down there, you fold the papers, you put them in the car, chuck, 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 cash a check. Mm -hmm. And uh, and what was really cool about it and was what, where this leads in is come about Thanksgiving and Christmas time, there were a number of customers that would do, they would put cookies or, uh, you know, homemade cookies or the the fruit baskets or something in their mailbox so yes. that when you went to go put your their newspaper in their in their agc little box right there you'd have to take the cookies out oh, and yeah. i thought that was the coolest thing ever because they never met me they just yep. knew i what somebody came by and gave them paper yep. and they were giving you gifts and i'm like this is a, nowhere else on the planet had i ever had that happen and my dad was in his service so i lived everywhere now, I'm sure there's a number of neighborhoods that do those kind of things, but I think in the South, it is uh, 
it's more the the norm. It's a Southern hospitality. I guarantee it. Now, where did you live in Woodstock? I lived just off the uh, interstate freeway there. Uh, you know where they built that little uh, shopping center with the uh, the movie theater? I'm oh, yeah. right about two minutes in uh, off the freeway. I lived just back behind that. I could see it from my house. Yeah. My uncle actually had a house right there behind the depot, a big three-story house. They sold it. Of course, it's gone now. You know, they put the amphitheater there. Have you been there since they had the amphitheater put in? I have not. I haven't been there in a number of years yet. Well, it's great. I play, I've actually got to play there a couple of times. We opened for Love and Theft, and uh, I can't remember who all those two or three different groups we opened for down there at the amphitheater. But now Woodstock is huge now. Yeah. That's Woodstock, Georgia. And I'll yeah. never forget the first time we ever played Woodstock. We're in a little town, and my drummer's like, we're playing Woodstock? Oh, my God, we're playing Woodstock. And I'm like, dude, this is not New York. This is not Woodstock, New York. Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear here. <laughs> that is yeah. so funny. It is a cool little place. And, and to your point, I think there's something there's something different about Southern hospitality versus some of the others. I know I, I now live up in uh, in Wisconsin and we right. chose to live off the beaten path. So we're outside again, probably about 45 minutes north of Milwaukee. So, you know, the town that's right next to us has what 5,000 people in the right. town on the other side has 4,000 very rural area and everyone's super friendly, but it's still not the South. You know what I mean? Right. You ain't got that twang. You got to have the twang. Dang no twang. Right. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You talk about that. I got a, a guy that I've met and we've become friends. His name's Christopher Martini. His brother was Max Martini, which is a big actor out in California. And his stepdad was the actor that played Angel Martin on the Rocker Files. You remember Angel Martin? On I Rocker do remember Files? Angel. Stuart yeah, Martin. absolutely. Stuart Martin. Anyway, uh, we got to be friends, and I hooked him up with another guy that I know that's in the movies here in this area. And uh, he come down about three weeks ago to do a music video in uh, Georgia. And so I talked to him yesterday, and he said, I have never been to a place that's been so friendly. He said, they shut the streets down. They brought the cops out to help us. They brought the fire department out to help us. There were people giving us food. He said, I have told everybody in New York. He lives in New York City. He said, I am out of here. And if you want to make a movie, go to Georgia. Go he to said, Georgia. <laughs> yeah, he said, I'm trying my best to talk my wife into. Because, you know, he's a pretty big deal, you know, making movies and stuff. He's got sure. several stuff out and his brother and this, that, and other. But he said, it beat all I ever saw. He said, you know, up here in, in uh, New York, he said, you can rent a place to shoot a movie and they'll time you. And if you go over the time, he said, they charge you extra. He said, if it's the minute, he said, they're wanting more money. And he That's said, right. you know, yeah. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a different mentality. I know I visited. Uh, I've got some friends actually that live up just across the uh, the GWB there, the George Washington Bridge uh, right. on the New Jersey side, and the the missus owns a uh, physical therapy, actually a couple of physical therapy locations there on the island of Manhattan, right. and it's a you're it's a completely different mentality, right? Mm -hmm. There's uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to describe. I, you, you have to, you have to be there and the energy of the city is different, right? You go into Atlanta, right? And you feel warmth and welcome, right. right? And here's one of the greatest things for anybody who's never been to the Atlanta area. If you ask for directions, most directions are going to involve the big chicken. Yeah, you ain't lying about that now. Right? Okay, you yeah. go down to the big chicken and you hang a left. You're going to go five miles and you're going to see the old dog and the stump and you're going to make a right. 
I, I it took me a little while to get used to that. Yeah. And they always say, you know, you know where Maud used to live at there on the corner, you know. Right. Turn right there where Maud was at and go out to <laughs> Otis's old place and you'll see his old tractor sitting out there. But that's a daggum truth, man. I ain't kidding. You know, I've lived here, Hawassi is actually where I live at. You were trying to pronounce it, but uh I've lived here my whole life. I never moved. I grown up, I grew up right here in Hawassi and uh I actually live in my grandparents' house that we remodeled it, but after they passed away. And uh is a neat place. It's a neat place to see. We've got uh, the, the highest mountain in the state of Georgia is here called Brassdown Ball. And if you're wondering where Hawassi's at, I always tell everybody it's at the end of the Appalachian Trail. So, you know, the Appalachian Trail starts up north and it ends right here in our right here. We're at in Union County, actually, uh, Trey Mountain, where it ends at. So but we're in the Blue Ridge Mountains. There's a beautiful lake in the in the valley. And we're two hours away from Atlanta, Chattanooga, Asheville and all. And so a lot of people come here. We have a lot of a lot of people fly in here and because we've got an airport in Union County. And John Travolta is here all the time. He comes in. We got the Brass Valley Resort, and uh, I never got to meet him. Seemed like a real cool guy. But if they have a lot of weddings over there, and if they're having a wedding while he's there, he always crashes the wedding. You know, so uh, <laughs> right yeah. that's pretty cool. To have a wedding, have John Travolta walk. I know. In. Hey, what's yeah. up? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's pretty cool. But now he's not the only one. There's football players and baseball players, and you know uh, anybody you can think of. The president for Delta actually retired here. He's got a house on the lake, so nice. it's a cool place. Yeah, it's, it's a cool good. place. It's cool. And I got my little show going on, you know, the morning dish, and they all listen to me. And that's crazy to have all these doctors and lawyers and people of education listening to the garbage man every morning for an hour. He's <laughs> the trashiest guy uh, in Georgia. So let, let's go. What's uh, tell me about your show? I mean, what kind of topics do you cover? Is it uh, all about? I know you talked about hey, they wanted you to go news, but you're like, nah, it's not gonna work. What, talk about the show for me. We do nothing but politics and religion. That's all we talk about: politics and religion. No, oh, just so, you, so you so you argue the whole time now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of stay off religion. I tell them I get I don't I get my, my religion mixed up. I thought Hail Mary was Hail Mary instead of Hail Mary, you know. So I kind of stay away from all that. But uh, that's a good I'm call. A, yeah, I'm a Baptist, and the only reason I guess I'm a Baptist because in my theory they eat the best of any religion out there. Man, it's fried chicken and covered dish. So I'm I'm sticking with the food. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Just follow your nose kind of religion. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, I just, uh, man, we just talk about the topics of the day, you know, just the fun stuff. We just have a lot of fun with whatever's going on. And uh, I don't really talk about politics all that much. If they do, it's something we're making fun of. But there's just so much stuff going on. It's not even funny, you know. And uh, so we just kind of touch on that and just laugh and uh, make fun of. Of course, one of the things, being dyslexic, we do a thing called the uh, word of the day. You're now listening to-, to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. And my co-host, Sherry Rains, always gives me a word, and I try to pronounce it. Now, I don't know if you know anything about being dyslexic, but the words make no sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like just the pronunciation just don't register with me. So, and then if anybody gets it, they win a hundred bucks or something, you know, so it's pretty, you know, it's a lot of fun. People That's like that. Fun. But, uh, yeah, we just talk about, you know, every morning, you know, I, I don't really plan for it all that much. I just kind of look and see what's going on in the world, you know, and crazy news that's happening. But, uh, you know, there's a lot. That's the thing about it, man. There is so much serious stuff going on that is just yeah. beyond belief. And that's all anybody talks about. And uh, we don't. We just kind of we stay off of that and we laugh at people. And I mean, you know, we had this this one. Just She was a. I always try to find these uh, brides to be that because they're always in that's just hard to get along with. But she'd sent out a uh, a uh, thing that she didn't want her sister-in-law's boyfriend or husband to come to the wedding because he's too short 
and uh, would run the wedding photos. And, you know, and I mean, that's just something to me, I, you know, and I'm kind of short, so I'm, I guess I'd be left out of the wedding, you know. But, you know, this silly stuff like that, we just laugh and cut up and have a good time. And then at the 830 hour, we always take a, you know, a caller in. Uh, we try to get somebody, you know, pretty famous. And we've had some cool, cool people. You know, I've got uh, actually Kyle Petty. We was talking about racing. Kyle Petty's going to be calling in here in a day or two. I got him coming nice. on. And um, John uh, Reap, do you remember John Reap? He was the guy that was on the commercial. He's a comedian. I love comedians. Hey, man, that thing's got a Hemi. I don't know if you remember him. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was like, yeah. the name was t- tickling uh, uh, yeah. memory. Uh, yeah, I couldn't figure yeah. it. Yeah, I know you talk about. And then we got, uh, gosh, uh, Reno Collier. I love him. He's a lot of fun. He was another comedian. It's uh, pretty pretty cool. And then and just like, I don't know if you remember the Atlanta Rhythm section while you were down here, but oh, yeah. Rodney Justo, he called in the other day. He's the lead singer for uh, for that. And then I get songwriters because I'm tied in with the uh, music thing. So I get a lot of people from that in- industry. I uh, uh, actually had Beth Nelson Chapman on. I don't know if you know her or not, but she's wrote a lot of songs. She wrote some for Willie Nelson and uh, Waylon Jennings. She's wrote for, gosh, I mean, she's just wrote songs after songs. She's a lot of fun to interview. And uh, we had her on. And she talks about the songwriters. Of course, Paul Thorne, he calls in all the time. He's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> you remember Mother's Finest? Yes. Yeah. I had Joyce call in. She's a. She's a neat lady. She's the lead singer for the uh, Mother's Finest, Love Mother's Finest. And so we just try to touch on a little bit of everybody that we can, you know, and uh, and, uh, just kind of 15 minutes. And I know 15 minutes. Wow, just 15 minutes. But that's live radio. That's a long time. Is it really? Yeah. For me, I think 15 minutes is like, wow, it's it's already gone by, right? Like you and I have already been talking almost a half hour, you know, and we're just rolling with it. So I can imagine on uh, radio. It's quick, man. It's quick, but you know, we get it out there and you know, they got their story to tell and uh, we laugh and, and uh, go the next thing, you know, it's just a, it's pretty fast paced for an hour. We get a lot in, in an hour, but now the thing we do though, I get a lot of these people to call back, you know, and, and uh, do more interviews uh, because that's the thing about radio, you know, the more that they're on, the more the listeners and I know what, who I've got listening. So I actually know I've got an audience because uh, we've had the Nelson ratings, but then they get used to these people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then they, you know, they start kind of feeling like they know them and then they start checking them out. And, uh, you know, like Gary Chapman, he's like a heck of a singer, a songwriter, but he's Christian and he sells, uh, I, we make fun of him because he sells that, uh, DBD or BD. What is that oil they do? The, uh, DBD oh, oil, the CBD oil, CBD oil. Yeah. yeah. I always get it mixed up with a Charlie Daniels band, but I said, <laughs> I don't know. about. <laughs> it. So, uh, I told him, I said, I don't know about big famous songwriter selling, dope man but anyway but he sold a lot down here but <laughs> just because of the show you know but we've had some neat people on we've really had to, and and i like to hear the you know the story i've had uh james garner i had his daughter on you know james garner passed away but i've had her on a couple of times Gigi garner she's been on and some actresses and stuff and and I actually become friends with a lot of them you know because nice. yeah they like coming back that on. sounds so. like a blast is this like a it's a, a drive time show that eight it nine. is a drive time show yeah yep. Yeah, so and, you're definitely you're you're definitely got a, a, we'll call it a captive audience, but right. I think the pace probably helps them with their their crews uh, yep. to work for sure. And you know, a lot of folks around the area has got my cell phone, and I, I call it the teletype machine. But while I'm on the radio, they're sending me text messages right and left, you know, because I know they're listening. But I call it the teletype machine, and sometimes it's it's pretty cool what they get coming in, you know. But uh, like I said, I I try not to take any, I never have took anything serious, you know. Sure. 
and just kind of go on. Of course, we're in a serious time. I, you know, I don't know how, who, and what they stand with the uh, what's going on right now. But you know, with the gas prices going to where they're at, and mm. you know, and they're talking about raising the minimum wage. I don't know how you feel about that, but <clears throat> you know, they're gonna, if they do to fifteen dollars an hour, then gas is going to five dollars a gallon. So you really didn't get anything. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like the uh, you know, all ships are going to go up with together. So uh, right. yeah, you're not going to get much out of it. The price of milk and bread and everything's going to go up. Oh yeah. I mean, heck, if I think about it right now um people are struggling and i'm talking about companies to deliver their goods because so many truck drivers are staying home because they can get you know unemployment and make more money that way so why go to work right. which is That's, which is making all the transportation rates go up well it's just like fast food or anything everywhere i look around this area it's like help wanted help wanted and we've got a couple of fast food restaurants they close, you know, about six o'clock because they can't stay open. And, uh, you know, we got the huddle house and, and, you know, they're 24 hours. Ours ain't, ours close it at eight o'clock. So oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you better get up there for our 24 hour is over with, but, uh, that's crazy. I don't know where it's going, man. You know, I'm like you, I've always worked. I started working when I was about 12 years old, pumping gas for friendship mm-hmm. store. And I was the gas attendant. I'd go out and pump the gas for the cars, check their air and the tires and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, but them days are over with, you know, it's just like, yeah, you know, come in and shut down the little guy. I feel you. My, my dad was in the service and, uh, like I mentioned earlier. And, uh, when I was 14, we were stationed over in Germany and, uh, my mom worked on base at, uh, you know, one of the cafeterias, right. right. And, uh, the guy who owned the cafeteria, uh, was opening up this little, I'm going to call it uh, a hot dog hut. And right. it was going to open, he was opening it like right in front of the PX, which is where all the military guys go to shop for their their sundries, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so it was a high traffic area and the thing got built and everything and the stuff got put in there. And it was during the summertime and I was sitting at the cafeteria with my mom and he, she was talking with the guy and they, he was like, I got to find someone to go clean the thing up and get everything all set up. And I like, I walked over to him. I said, look, I'll do it. He goes, well, how much do you want? And I said, nothing. And he goes, oh, we can't, we can't, you can't do it for nothing. You go over there, you do a good job. We'll, we'll figure out what to pay. And, you know, I spent the afternoon just, you know, setting everything. My dad was a cook, a chef, right? And right. my mom worked in the industry. So I knew where everything went and I knew what it should look like. And the whole nine yards, it was like, whatever, this is cake to me. And right. I got it all set up and I don't know, four hours of work. And the guy came over, he says, do you want to open the shop? <laughs> 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 Everything was like, he's, this is perfect. Yeah. And I worked there for a couple of days. And then, you know, he came over and says, I, I can't keep you working here because I'm going to get in trouble. You're only right. 14, but uh, he paid me well for my time. And it was, it was that feeling you get when you have a good day's work, right? You're like, damn, I got some shit done. I feel right. good about myself. Oh, now, yeah. mind you, you're tired as hell when the day's done. You right. fall your head on the pillow and you're like gone. <laughs> well, you know, I took the money that I made pumping gas and bought my first car when I got 16 years old. And I mean, I ain't never been more proud of a car. In my, I still own the thing. I still got it. If that tells you anything. Damn. So, yeah, I still got the old thing set up there. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, uh, my grandmother was a first business school teacher in Towns County. And uh, she always told me you can help someone who will help themselves, but you can't help someone who won't. And I've always took that to heart. 
And, you know, somebody that needs a helping hand, I don't mind, but you know, some people that just, they're just out for a handout I'm all against. And I, you know, I can't do anything like that, but you know, somebody like you or me, that's actually got their work and they're kind of down on their luck probably ain't going to ask for help. And that's another right. problem that you run into somebody that actually really needs it. Don't even ask for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you have too. I've helped people without them knowing. I still do. You know, I, I feel it ain't nobody's business. I do what I can to help. Absolutely. Especially kids. Cause that's something else that I do this time. I'm actually a full-time school bus driver. Oh man. Yeah. Now I'm going to tell you something. I know there's a lot of tough guys out there and they're probably listening. I am. I guarantee they probably got more tattoos than Carter's got liver pills. But <laughs> son, when you get on a school bus with a bunch of kids, you become very small, very quick. I guarantee it, man. They'll run you down, they man. They'll run you over, yeah. But you fall in love with these little fellers, you know, and it's, you know, sometimes it's almost heartbreaking when you have somebody that just can barely get on your bus, and then it seems like the two days later they're graduating high school, you know, yeah. grown up and become young men and women. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a rewarding thing, but I've done that for a long time. But I've seen a lot of the uh, broken homes because of drugs mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that that really kind of you just – just want to scream uh it's sad you just i mean you and it's drugs and you know they can say what they want to drugs don't care who you are they don't care and once you get on them it's over with yeah and it's 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 but done a lot of stuff but these kids really they've got a lot on their plate than what we did growing up yeah Yeah. and then they they got everything else that's going on right now right or the stuff that's been going on for the past year hyped on top of that Mm -hmm. and you know the digital landscape and social media oh my god i can't even imagine what we have to deal with right oh what station am i going to listen to now to hear my favorite song yeah and uh what time is my buddy getting up out of bed so we can go ride bikes or shoot rocks or whatever (laughs) yeah it's crazy time, man. It's crazy time. But now your dad was in the military. What did he do? My dad, like I said, he was a he was a cook. Uh, he got right. out and he was equivalent in the civilian world as a chef. Uh, oh, 23 years. That's what he did the whole time. He was just, wow. you know, it's funny. Is, uh, I say, if you picture a sergeant in the army, probably the picture you get in your head was my dad. He was that right. big six foot three man of a man. Right. But right. he looked like the lion, but he was the big loving heart bear knew everybody yeah. uh, was, he was a networker. He taught me about, you know, social skills and the value of having the right friends in the right places. And, right. Uh, you know, not, not to, not to use them, but certainly, you know, service uh, to be of service to them so that when, you know, car, Karma comes around, uh, they'll be of service to you. And uh, it's a lesson uh, I've kept to heart for a long time. Yeah, I guarantee it, man. Friends are very important. Friends and family, no doubt. Amen. Yeah. All right. I want to be mindful of your time. We've just been sitting here just chitty-chatting. You ain't I'm, bothering I'm, me. You ain't enjoying the shit out of this. I did want to chat a little bit about one of the things I put on my intake form for anyone who doesn't know is uh, what is it like was what what is your one of your number one goals over the next year or whatever? And my man Steven puts down playing in the grand old Opry. How cool would that be, right? That is my destination. If I can ever do that, I'll hang my guitar up. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, I would love to play the Grand Ole Opry just one time because, you know, I'm a I'm a music nut. I love the music. And then after I, you know, and a lot of times 
just like Beth Nelson Chapman, you find the music and then you find out who actually wrote the song mm-hmm. and you fall in love with it. But uh, music's always been my outlet ever since I was a little. My mother played the piano when I was a kid in church. And uh, so I fell in love with music then, I guess. And uh, it's just been one thing. I started a band, me and my brother did back, I guess I was 19, 20 years old and played music ever since. And uh, we played some big places. We played some very small places. Mm-hmm. But I just think the Grand Ole Opry would be the... Uh, place to play and i'm i'm working for it if covid had slowed you know hadn't slowed everybody down i might have been there by now but i don't know we'll see see what happens but uh well i i definitely guarantee you're gonna have to let me know if you make it there i will probably pack up my family and drive my ass down there just to check you out yeah well i guarantee it i will uh i will tell everybody that's gonna be my bragging rights right there i've really got some good songs but uh you know i've got a song that i one of my favorites called uh everybody dies not everybody lives and Mm. You can Google it. I'm on YouTube and, and all that, but it's called Stephen Phillips and Midnight Express, which is a very cool song. It's about people that actually get out and live their lives instead of just letting their lives pass them by. And uh, then I got another song called Lightning Road, which is a cool tune about an old moonshiner here in this area. And uh, it gets a lot of play on, you know, Pandora and all that kind of stuff. But I've got some good stuff. I've got some good stuff. And the, the last thing I wrote was a, a call it's called burning bridges let them burn let them burn which is a kind of a rocking tune but it's a good deal but uh no i don't know i think it'd be cool to play the grand Ole opera where all the you know the heroes and, that i've always listened to all the icons even the rock and rollers mm-hmm. of the the 60s and probably the early 70s uh i think cut their teeth on the grand Ole opry oh yeah yeah and it's i don't even think i you know, they say, well, they don't pay you but 50 bucks. I said, I'd pay them to play. Who cares? Yeah, right? I'd play them. And I'd like to play the, you know, every now and then they open the actual Grand Ole Opry, the old one. That would be the place to actually get to play, you know. That'd but it's, uh, man, music's changed so much. It's like Alan Jackson's got a new album out. They won't even play him on the radio, you know. So, but uh, I ain't going to give up, man. I'll never give up. That's something I've always done. I've always, I don't know about you, but I've always kind of set goals. Mm-hmm. And, and I work towards that. Then when I get to that point, you know, I'll try to work to another goal. And uh, seems like it just, uh, you know, I always, I guess, a creature opportunity. But you know, something opens up. You know, I go for it. I don't care. I mean, you know, I always just like these interviews I've been doing. It just kind of happened. And now it's just. I mean, I do a show every morning with a different guest. So you can imagine that I'm. You yeah. know, I've constantly got people, and it's a lot of work. And uh, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, this is just too much work. But it's too much fun. And yeah. you know, that's the thing about it. I'm enjoying myself. I'm having a ball. You know, uh, Nerf. What is his name? Murph Nutter. I don't know. Nutter, I guess his name. He's a big, was a big deal back in the day. He's, he was an actor and wrote songs and everything else. I mean, he called me up when I was on the road and we talked for an hour and a half, him telling me all these old stories about coming up and growing up and playing music and all that kind of stuff. And it's interesting to me, you know, to have people like that call a trashy redneck from Hawassie, Georgia and want to sit and talk, <laughs> you know, but you know, it's a, uh, it's pretty interesting. It's a lot of fun, but maybe we'll make it. I don't know. Hey, you know, you keep going for it. I bet you will. That's one of the things. And when you talk about setting goals, man, you're you're talking to Mr. Goal Setter here. I, but, I I'm always on the microphone here preaching about the benefits of goal setting. So hearing it come from other folks, even the trashy redneck from Hiawasa, Georgia, right? But, yeah. <laughs> I've always, you know, that's like the interviews. When I started doing the interview, my goal was to get John Snyder on. That's who I was wanting to get on. I was wanting to get John Snyder on. That's and Dukes of Hazard, right? Dukes of Hazard, yep, John Snyder. So now, but he went, I've actually had him on three or four times. And so, you know, 
That's awesome. So I got his now I've got his phone number, which he don't he won't ask me much, but anyway, he still <laughs> he comes back and gets on the show a little bit. Didn't you have Daisy on recently? I had yes, I did. I had Daisy Duke on there yesterday, and that kind of just happened from a friend of mine that actually knew her. And uh, she's a sweet girl. She really is. Nice. And uh, she's a sweet lady, but she was a good interview. And she's she's out there in California, so we had to pre-record that. But uh, I had Daisy Duke on. And uh, my favorite was uh, Angel Martin from Rockford Files. I, you know, I love that uh, Stuart Mongolin. He is a great guy. But uh, And then I guess another one that, you know, I'm a big Burt Reynolds fan, like everybody from the South is. His first movie he ever had was called White Lightning. I and, saw it, man. Loved it. Yeah, oh my God. I loved it. So anyway, the song at the very end of that, where they're actually at the funeral procession, is called Way Down Under. Mm-hmm. And uh, me being a musician, I fell in love with that when I first, and it wasn't but a minute and 20 seconds long. So I got the rights to that song and cut it. I cut that song. We made it into about a three minute, a little over three and a half minute, or probably three ten or something like that minute song and recut it. I actually had uh, Barney Robertson, which was a keyboardist for Wayne Jennings and then his wife and the backup singing on it. And it's on YouTube. And uh, the guy that wrote that song uh, that done the score for that, it was called, uh, what is his name? Hold on a minute. I'll tell you. Uh, Charles Bernstein. Charles Bernstein wrote the score. First, first movie he ever wrote the score for. He put all the music in that. And that was his song. And he actually sent me an email thanking me for cutting that song. Since it's the first time a song like that's ever been cut that he's ever wrote for a movie score. I and mean, he done Cujo. He done all these different movies wow. you know, over the years. Yeah, big deal. And uh, so anyway, uh, I got him to come on the show. He come on the show. Sweet, sweet guy. Of course, you know, nowadays it's a little different movie scores is. Sure. But uh, anyway, he sent me, uh, he signed a CD, which was from the movie, uh, the movie soundtrack. And sent it to me. He sent us the signed uh, soundtrack from the uh, White Lightning movie. And I got it hanging on my wall back here. Nice. And so I sent him moonshine. I sent him some good old Georgia moonshine. So he said he <laughs> thought he was the only one in Southern California that had good Georgia moonshine. I bet he was at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I like oh, that's that, That's awesome, Steve. I, I'm probably going to have to give you a call up at the radio station one day, maybe drop some knowledge on you and uh, get you to make fun of me. I'm good with that. I would love to, man. We'll get you. I'd love to have you, man. It'd be you'd love it. Like I said, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I it's a lot have of to fun shoot for it. But now you're a goal setter. You do goals. Oh my god, I have a whole goal setting system that I share with folks all the time, and mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. I actually, it's funny, is I I wrote the original version of it back in the '90s, shortly after my uh, second daughter had passed away. Because I had to focus on something that was going to keep me from falling back into former bad habits of, you know, drugs and alcohol. And so I threw myself into personal development and goal setting. Maybe it's my military background, right? My dad Mm -hmm. being in the military all those years, I joined the service for six years right out of high school. So, you know, I sat down and I wrote the forms and I wrote the uh, little I'll call it a book, a booklet that right. goes with it, you know, and yeah, it it didn't make me rich or anything, but it certainly gave me focus. It right. made me realize this stuff helps people, right? Because I was using it and it was working. I mean, I got three, what was it? Five promotions in three years at Coca-Cola right. during this same time frame. Because if you work the system, the system works for you, right? right. So uh, yeah, I'm a big believer in goal setting. Well, I'm sorry that you lost your daughter, man. I hate to hear that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was it was a tough one to be sure. Yep, yep. I cannot imagine going through that. I have a daughter myself. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you on the goal setting and uh, five Coca Cola is a big deal, man. I mean, oh, yeah? especially in the South, you know. Yeah, Coca Cola is yes, a big deal. And uh, so that's that's cool. I'll have to get some. So where do I get this at? If I wanted a copy of this, I can shoot you over one. Absolutely. Uh, are you, I don't have are you, it up on the website right now because I'm actually doing a revamp of it, but I can send you the original. And then when the revamp comes out, I shoot you the fresh version too. Oh, there you go. That'd be good. I'd love to have it. Yeah. We'll get you on the show one morning. So I'd like to read that, but I think goal setting is a, is a thing though. And it's hard work though. People, you know, they, I don't care what they say. People ain't going to hand you nothing. And nope. If they can get ahead of you, they will. I guarantee yep. it. I've and never, if they can take it from you, they will. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never tried to hurt anybody. I'm not the kind of person that, uh, you know, some people don't like to see people succeed. I've never been like that. I mm. never, always, man, if I've got people that, you know, they get a leg up and and uh, I'm like, man, good for you. Good for you. Because I know how hard it is. Yeah, I know how hard it is. That's like your podcast, man. You've got a lot of listeners on your podcast. You're like one of the Tom Brady <laughs> ones in the country, right? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I was able to hit number 21 in entrepreneurship, which is let me tell you, they're they're biting and scratching in that area. But yeah. uh, it's 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 a tough, it's a it's a long game, right? You just don't pick up a microphone and say, I'm gonna do this, man. You gotta you gotta put in the work, like you were saying. It's it's fun. Right. But it's work, right? You yeah. got to get up and you got to talk to people and you got to engage and you, right. you, you got to do make all the right moves and right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations on that, man. I guarantee. Well, thank it. you. I appreciate yep. that. Now, on my interviews that I do, I normally don't upload the whole show, but on my interviews on YouTube, I've got all my interviews on. Uh, it's called Stephen Phillips with the Morning Dish. So all the interviews I've done with all the people I always inter- oh, you know, upload the interview. That's good. And uh, there's some cool stuff on there. There really are some cool stuff and cool people on there. And then I've got the, of course, the Facebook. Everybody's got Facebook, the Morning Dish. I'm trying to figure right. out. I'm trying to figure out Instagram. I hadn't figured that out yet. I'm too old for Instagram, but I'm trying my best. I've seen. <laughs> You know, I seen some of my buddies on there. I thought, well, if they can do it, I can do it. So, <laughs> right, I hear you. And yeah. it, it, it seems the the minute you get one under control, another one pops up. You're like, oh yeah. my god, where did that one come from? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Stephen. If folks want to learn more about the trashiest man and your cool ass accent and and and, <laughs> and your music, where do we want to send them to? You want to send them to uh, the best thing to do is go to uh, the Morning Dish. Uh, you can pretty much type that in YouTube. Just, I mean, well, YouTube is uh, Stephen Phillips with the Morning Dish. Uh, then we're on Lake ninety seven point seven, and that's wjulradio.com, wjulradio.com online, and you can listen online every morning. At uh, we come on at eight to nine every morning. You can listen online for that. And of course, I've got Facebook, the Morning Dish, and then with my music, it's Stephen Phillips and Midnight Express. But uh, it's like anything else, you know. Google always takes you where you want to go. You know and, that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and one good thing about it, if you, if you're listening and you're close enough, we're always giving away tickets because we've got like Dwight Yoakam coming to town. We've been giving away some tickets for that, and nice. we give away all kind. Of, we give away golfing tickets at Bastogne Valley Resort, which is a big, super nice. Uh, resort with a golf course like you would not believe. So, you know, we give a lot of giveaways and stuff like that. So you can get that. And uh, then you can have a lot of fun too. Yep. Have a lot of fun. But just Stephen Phillips and with the morning dish, it's easy to find. I'd love to have y'all call in and win something. All right. I'm going to sure those notes or those links are all down there in the show notes. So people can just click on through and, and check out Stephen Phillips and the morning dish and everything he's got going on. Steve, thanks so much for coming and hanging out, man. Hey, I've been a pleasure, man. I guarantee it. 
All right, there you have it, my Dark Horse friends and family. Stephen Phillips dropping trashy radio bombs on us. I, I just, I couldn't. I had, to, I couldn't resist it, right? What thoughts, uh, other than trashy radio bombs, uh, did you come away with? Let me share a couple that, that seemed to resonate with me as I was listening to this. Thought number one. Jumping out of windows. Stephen shared how back in his kindergarten days, his teacher was telling him or telling the class that it was time for recess. This was back in the day, as he mentioned, before AC and those non-opening windows. And the fun and adventure of recess was right on the other side of that window. So what did Steve do? He took the shortest route possible to what he wanted, and he went out the window, of course, and just jumped right on out there. Now, how is it that when we are young, it's so easy to not just see what we want, but to go after it directly by any means necessary, even going through a window, if that's what it takes? And and how do we get that childlike desire to have what our heart wants back. Hmm? I want to chat a bit more about this in episode 252. Go after what you want like a kid. Thought number two, it's a journey y'all. All right, Stephen shared his journey, his entrepreneurial and otherwise journey from struggling student to mechanic to NASCAR, right? To repo man, to car sales, to trash man, and even DJ. Now, while listening to his awesome story, he shared a couple of things. Well, I guess what I should say is, as he shared his story, a couple of things seemed to click with me. One, he didn't share any part of it as if it was a bad thing, or as if he wished it didn't happen. It was his life, and he has lived it, and he's learned from it every step of the way. That's my humble opinion. Now, we can all learn from that particular point of view, especially when you step onto the path of being an entrepreneur or a business person. It is a journey and we have stages that we have to go through. And I want to share with you those stages uh, of entrepreneurial, uh, of the entrepreneurial journey in episode 253, the stages to entrepreneurial success. Let's learn together. Yeah. Thought number three. Stop being one-sided. As I was chatting with Stephen and listening to his awesome story, I was reminded that so many times we share the good side. You know that one side that we want to present to the world? For some, it's the fact that they finally made it. For others, is they have a family. They've built a relationship. That one side that shows that they are a success and at least one thing. Meanwhile, Folks like Steven, they're just doing it, right? They're sharing more than just that one side. I think it was probably that NASCAR story that he shared that drove this home for me. You know, where all the cameras were on him and the driver was like, yeah, we got a little loose back there in turn number three, but I managed to pull her out. But the moment those cameras were off, the real side was more like, you know what, that's some gun, I, I want to go whoop his ass. You see, all sides are real and we should share them as real. I want to uh, dig a little bit more in this sharing factor uh, in the Dark Horse Facebook group this week. Come on over and have a listen as we get real. And thought number four, why so serious? Now Steve was sharing about his show and remind us there are certainly so many serious things that are going on in the world. Right? And it's true. And not just today, but perhaps I think all the time, well, 
let me let me back up. I think at the time of recording this podcast here in what October 2021, things are a little more exaggerated. Maybe we always say that whatever time we are going through, right? But for me, across my 50 plus years on this big blue spinning globe, there have always been something serious going on. And I think most likely there will always be something serious, something important, something to fear even. Remember, those that want your attention, want or maybe even want to divert your attention, they can rattle those somethings to enhance your fears. So you and I and everyone need to learn to have fun with our fears so that we can prosper on whatever path we choose for our lives, whatever it may be, entrepreneurial or not, right? So I want to share with you a bit more on this topic in the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Facebook group as we talk about having fun with your fears. All right, what inspiring tips or thoughts resonated with you? Whatever you were, take some time today and write them down. Seriously, write them down, put pen to paper, turn them into a thought from a thought to your head into a, a real thing on that piece of paper, and then put them in action. Get out there, run your race, get your results, and email me. I want to hear about it. Tracy at darkhorseschooling.com. Share the tips or ideas that you came away with, how you put them to action, and what results you gain for them. Good results, bad results, mediocre results, who cares? I want to hear your story. Heck, probably even bring you on so you can share your story with the audience as well. Now I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips and amazing stories from the guests I'm lucky enough to bring on. So please go on down there, hit that subscribe button. While you're there, yep, that's right. Leave us a five-star rating. Heck, leave us a four-star rating if that's what you feel like. But I really think you want to leave us a five-star rating. And then write us a quick review, right? It is those uh, subscribes, ratings, and reviews that are your way of telling all the podcast platforms out there that you are getting some value, even if it's just a quick giggle of a value, but you're getting that value. So please go down there, hit that subscribe, drop that rating, drop those reviews, and help share the love. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.